together growing in faith and changing communities. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Today, dear friends, I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of John chapter 13 from verses 21 to verse 38. At that time, Jesus, reclining with his disciples, was troubled in spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, uncertain of who he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was lying close to the breast of Jesus. So Simon Peter beckoned to him and said, Tell us who it is of whom he speaks. So lying thus close to the breast of Jesus, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give this morsel when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, son of Iscariot. Then after the Moselle, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he had said that to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money box, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the Moselle, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and in him God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where am I going? You cannot follow. You cannot follow now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, and he said to him, and, and Lord, and then Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till, I have, till you have denied knowing me three times. Now, this is something absolutely interestingly beautiful. In many different aspects. The first one is Jesus reclining a table. He's, he's disturbed in spirit. He's worried. He's, something is wrong. And the author allows us to enter into that, into that mode. Into understanding that something is really wrong. That Jesus says to them, one of you is going to betray me. And you can somehow feel the depth of those words. 
and you can allude to some psychological wounds or hurt of betrayal, of rejection, of anticipating some sort of hurt and pain. One of you would betray me. He is not talking about people outside. And sometimes when we look at the passion of Christ, we tend to look at the crucifixion and we forget that the pain, the hurt, began way before the crucifixion. The emotional anguish that Jesus goes through is important not to ignore. There is sitting and they are having a meal and is looking around and is like, but you will betray me. And I ask myself, how would, how would I act? How would I respond knowing such an information? How would you respond knowing such an information? I mean, I've met people over the years, people who struggle to forgive the people who've killed their loved ones. Someone who will say, you know, if you had not killed my father, things would have turned out differently. Had you not killed my wife, things would have turned out differently. How people's lives had been shattered because one of their own was killed. And we know how that has impacted not just individuals or families, but communities. You go to communities where they had been ravaged by violence and you realize that you are dealing with a hurting community. You are dealing with an angry community. You are dealing with people who've gone through a traumatic experience. And so they live not only in suspicion of each other, not only in distrust of each other, but they live with heavy hearts towards each other. Then the disciples ask one of, one of their own, uh, the one who reclines at the breast of Jesus, and they say, ask him, who is it? And everybody's saying, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? So there's this sense of, of guilt. And, and I call this a, a social guilt. You know, and, and you find this interestingly, uh, if you were to come to a, a South African uh, concept, you know, a South African context, you, you, you talk about two things where people hardly talk about. Uh, the first one is white privilege, and the second one is white guilt. And if you go and, and, and you try and study that phenomenon from sociological point of view and psychological perspective as well, you realize that you got two extremes. Those who've experienced and, and still benefit from what I call white privilege and those who've been victims of the white guilt. And, and somehow those people struggle, whether knowingly or unknowingly. And so they need to somehow deal with it. You find it in society. You find it also in the church. But though in the church, it's something that nobody talks about. You know, it's, 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 it's put under the carpet. And, 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 and it's a big white elephant that nobody wants to, to address. And so you find this great sense of guilt amongst the disciples. Is it I? Could it be me? Now, that word, could it be me, 
it runs deeper. Because the truth of the matter is, yes, it could be me, it could be anyone. Only a fool can boast on someone else's downfall. It doesn't matter who the person is. They may be your best friends. They can be your worst enemies. They can be black, white, Indian, colored, red, whatever they are. You cannot boast over someone else's downfall. Because the truth of the matter is, if it happened to them, it can happen to me. If they are capable of falling at the face of temptation, I'm not immune from that. And so they leave with that sense of guilt. And Jesus says, no, it's not you. But it's the one whom I dip this piece of Moselle and give it to. And he does that and he gives it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. And he says, that's the man. And Judas knows that it's him who's going to do that. But how does he live with himself? Now, there's a phrase that touches me. At that moment, Satan entered his heart. He opened himself to attacks. And sometimes we experience through that through our own weaknesses, our own failures. That we do just one act, but the ripples are so much. That one acts need to the other. And we reach a stage where we can never go back. We can never retract. Once you've crossed that line, somehow we lose who we are. And so let's pay, pray for grace. That Lord, allow us never to cross the line where our lives can be distracted. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.